welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. It's time for your locks. We are here in week 12. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Barton Simmons and Tom Fernelli. Gentlemen, we've reached uh, the next to last, the penultimate full regular season week. Reminder that the rules for the locks competition, if you are uh, new to this, is that we have a minimum of three, no maximum. Uh, These locks can be against the spread picks or over-unders, and... Uh, we've been competing against each other for the entire season. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'd be better if it wasn't snowing outside. Snowing. Yeah. There's, there's a little, we got a little dusting in Nashville today. How about that? Yeah. It's, uh, but, but I, I appreciate the way you let us in there, Chip, because uh, I don't know if you boys have noticed, but we got a, we got a neck and neck and neck race right now. Yeah. It's uh, this, is, this is getting serious. This is getting very serious. We now we've got uh, as as a side action, we do have our over unders are starting to cash. Um, we also will have the bowls where things just go, you know, absolutely sideways. Who knows how those picks are going to end up? Regular, I think the regular season champion is probably the most honorable title that we have. Uh, among yeah. our different picks, yeah, I think you got to crown the regular season champ, and then and then there's a then there's a then you go with the tourney champ. Yeah, yeah. it's regular season and postseason. Yeah, two yeah. different seasons. Two different seasons. So here's here's uh let's let's go ahead and get into a review. Uh, the week winner was Mr. Barton Simmons. Barton Simmons was five and three on the week. That's plus two. That gets him to plus 5, 40, and 35 on the season. Uh, Syracuse minus 21 on Friday night. That was a cash. We got Georgia minus 14. That was a cash. You got Kansas plus 10.5. That hit. Michigan plus 3.5. Barton Simmons, I, I apologize that I kind of feel like I – State. Yeah, that was – Michigan State, yes. That, I apologize yeah. that I kind of felt like I, I led you down that path. You and, didn't know. We're, listen, we are each – uh, responsible for our own mistakes. I take responsibility for that one too. That was a bad, bad pick. Mr. Fernelli had us had had our number on that one. Yeah, that was a lock fight won by Tom Fernelli. Uh, Arkansas plus thirteen and a half. Man, that I, how hard were you tracking that one uh, that, along the that way? One was hey. So I was driving back from Alabama, uh, Mississippi State, listening to that one on the radio, and me and my boy Colin Bell uh, were. I, I told him what was on the line there, and that was a that was a fun one to win, a sweaty one, but a fun one. And I could kind of tell that that uh, Nick Brissett was taking dives, and then I saw it on the you know on the uh, on the replay, and and I I owe Nick Brissett a a drink or something. But the question is, who does Nick Brissett owe? Right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no serious allegations of point shaving here uh maybe uh over 79 in oklahoma oklahoma state it was the fun side that you wanted to be on barton and it cashed uh over 62 and a half missouri vanderbilt that did not hit and the over 55 penn state wisconsin i for one uh based on my principles am glad that your triple overplay did not cash uh three times well yeah that the 
me getting some mojo on the Arkansas win is just that that was wiped out by or, or that was that was just retribution for the way Missouri and Vanderbilt screwed me there. That was a that was a bad loss for the over. That should have hit, but is what it is. Tom Fernelli was four and three in week eleven plus one, getting him to forty four and thirty eight uh, plus six on the season. Mississippi State plus twenty four was a push. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> I got lucky though because if Tua doesn't get banged up, that's not a push. Yeah, that's true. Um, Auburn. So that and that number was bouncing around, right? So that was mm-hmm. a depends well, on what number you had, kind of uh, cover or non-cover. Tom, I don't know though, man, because yes, if Tua doesn't get banged up, maybe that's not a push. But if the if the refs oh well, yeah. call fumble, if the ref don't call a, a, a phantom clip uh, block in the back call like that that game could have been a lot closer than it was yeah but i'm not gonna blame the refs i'm just gonna i'm gonna you know quietly blame them and then publicly say you know just gotta gotta take care of business better next time pushes a win baby pushes a win uh <laughs> auburn plus 14 and a half that was your lock fight i mean you even had the the hook Y'all are even sitting on different lines, and Tom takes the L there. Uh, Ole Miss plus 12, also a loss. Travion Williams can kiss my butt. Yeah. <laughs> Just go down, Travion. Brosette did it. All you had to do is go down, get a first down. Your team can kneel it out. By scoring that touchdown, you actually increased your team's odds of losing, and you definitely killed my cover. And Texas A&M, that was a lock fight win for Chip. Uh, under 55 in Miami, Georgia Tech. That's just a, a beautiful win right there. A principal win. Ohio State minus three and a half. Uh, good on you for staying on that side. Oklahoma State plus 20 and a half. That one was a, a win all the way or from start to finish. Great one there. Uh, under 44 and a half in Northwestern Iowa. That one is a win. And then the under 54 in South Carolina, Florida does not hit. Maybe all because of that late Florida charge, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Florida. Why don't you just lose? <laughs> just, <laughs> just sit back and take your loss, boys. Just sit back and take your loss. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe that would have locked up a push if someone had a Florida under eight ticket, you know? Maybe we really needed that fourth loss. Take your loss. Four and three on the week for Tom Fernelli. Plus one, again, plus six on the season. Bad week for Chip. Falling back. Giving up, uh, had a, had a four-point lead going into the week. Now tied for first with Tom and just one ahead of Barton. Neck and neck, as Barton mentioned. Over 53 in Bama, Mississippi State. I just had the wrong feel for that game. I think I was I was looking at it in another universe, and uh, and that I never came close. Yeah, but you 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 acknowledge that that like you were kind of going contrarian, like just that was a balls that was a ballsy pick up front. Yeah, and it just didn't go that way. Didn't go that way. Um, under 57 and a half in Clemson, BC. That's a, that's a beautiful win. Texas A&M minus 12. Thank you. Travion Williams, <laughs> Miami plus three, eh. Michigan state plus three and a half. I mean, I fan, I mentioned this on the recap podcast, but like fans were leaving, uh, Spartan stadium in East Lansing, like before the third quarter was over. That's how hopeless it was. And they were just, uh, what'd you say, was- Tom? It was very obvious that Michigan State was not going to score points the yeah. entire game. 
I mean, that was, uh, it was like, so D'Antonio was from the trestle tree, right? Yeah. And trestle was, uh, was real big in the punt to win sort of mantra. And it was, it was like that kind of Ohio state where Ohio state was like, yeah, I mean, we're just going to keep putting the ball inside the 10 because Michigan state's not going to get past midfield. That was the game plan. And that was the way that you cruise to a win. And it is an absolute travesty that Ohio State punter Drew Crispin did not win Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. That was. I, I appreciate he, your social media um, campaign about that. That was, you know, that that's been it's been well needed in the college football world for you to be, go to go to war for this kid. I yeah. was legit mad because that kid that was, the punter dominated that game. He was the he had the Michael Dixon in the Texas Bowl performance. He he won the game. It was all him, and they give it to an Indiana kicker for kicking a game-winning field goal. Boo! Florida State plus six and sixteen and a half. Boo! That was a bad pick. Uh, under fifty-four in South Carolina, Florida. I was on that one too. That was a loss. So, dang, two and five minus three on the week. Forty-one and thirty-five for the season. So, like we said, man. Neck and neck, uh, and and you know, like our slate this week, a little bit skinny as we've got uh, so many teams playing their having their SoCon week, but uh, but I'm I'm sure we'll have plenty of uh, plenty of good sides here. Uh, are you guys By ready? The, way, yeah. the, uh, the the dentist also hit three oh and three oh and one now for the dentist. Guy's gonna keep it rolling this week, I think. Do you have dentist picks this week? I have dentist picks this week. Okay. Ooh, we should get like a drill noise for the dentist. <laughs> Fair. All right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. If, if the dentist loses, he gets off. The, the, the dentist has a lot of pressure here because if he loses, he's he's getting the boot, but he keeps on rolling. So, dentist keeps, weeks week twelve locks. The dentist keeps on rolling. Okay, we've got our podcast headline set. Um, okay, you guys ready to lock it up? Yes, Good. sir. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point, every cover. Alright, so the week winner was Barton Simmons. Barton Simmons, you get us started here in week twelve. Alright. I like this slate. Um, I'm going to go. Got a lot of SEC games this week. Um, but I'm not, yeah, we'll start there. <clears throat> All right, let's go to College Station, um, where Texas A&M is hosting the University of Alabama Birmingham. Uh, the line is 17 at last check. And I'm going to take UAB, and this is for no other reason. And I actually don't necessarily think UAB is like one of the best Power Five team, group of five teams. We've we've had that discussion. I think the resume is is not that great. But look, they've already got CUSA locked up. They Texas A&M has LSU next week. They UAB. This is like every year when we go into the bowl season. And we get Boise State playing whoever, or UCF playing Auburn last year, or I mean Utah playing 
Bama or whatever it is back in the day, we always assume they won't have the horses, but they will underestimate just the motivation factor. Like this is a Super Bowl for them. This is everything, and it's it's a letdown opportunity for for the the the, the big name. I, I think that this is what happens here. I think Texas A&M wins, but they'll be content winning by 14 points, and UAB is going to be uh, geared up for this game in a way that Texas A&M isn't. And so I'm just going to say the UAB keeps it within 17 points. And I'm not even getting into the numbers and the analytics. I just think there's a motivation thing. Uh, so give me UAB catching the big number. Wow. When you started, I was like, man, we're going to really see uh, what Barton's takeaway was coming out of the group of five selection committee. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is not, this is no bearing on my belief that UAB is like the the best team or that there's some legit, you know, a threat for the playoffs, something, you know, this is just, look, you got a UAB team that's already won. They're already is in the barn. This is just, let's go in there and, and try to shock the world. And Texas A&M's like, let's get out of this thing healthy for LSU, which is, uh, you know, a huge game for us. So I'll take the points. I'm not locking it up, but uh, the, the, the counter argument is that UAB does have a lot to play for and therefore might be watching its own uh, injury status. And the fact that it's almost, it's a line that's almost so low that it, it would, uh, I would, it, it's almost like the NC state line, right? Or where you're like, Hmm, why is it? Why is it? I don't know. seems like a trap. I think Texas A&M wins the game by 21. Tom, you got takes? Uh, I mean, I could see anything happening here. For what it's worth, S&P projections have Texas A&M as a five-point favorite. <sighs> okay, so that's the other one. What if UAB is so good that they actually get Texas A&M's attention? Well, and to your point on the like, oh, they got so much to play for, I think that this is all you play for if you're a group of five. Like, you don't – it all the conference stuff – is great and you play for that but like what really matters is when you get that premier showcase game whether that comes in the postseason whether that comes in the regular season whether that comes in week one or week 12 when you get the opportunity to go on a big stage in front of a, a an sec school i think that you that that's i mean shoot if i'm uab i don't care about winning the freaking bahamas bowl or whatever i care about beating texas a&m like that's all i would care about if I was playing when I was in high school or when I was in college, if we got a chance to play UConn, that'd mean a lot more to me than than beating Brown, you know. So I I, I just think uh, UAB will be motivated for this game. Mm. You know what you know what UAB sees when it looks at Texas A and M. What the Alabama Board of Trustees, and then it just goes Hell out there yeah. and hits them. <laughs> now it's going to try to kill them. There's is. Is there a point in the Jimbo? I think there's a point in the Jimbo Fisher era where he was maybe in the running for a UAB job when he was a, an assistant, and it fell apart. I could be wrong about that. So, uh, so maybe Jimbo has revenge factor too. I'm saying <laughs> he is a boot guy. Uh, all right, Tom. Uh, I'm going to start with one of the bigger games of the weekend. The spread's getting a little bigger, but I'm still taking it. I'm taking Notre Dame minus 10 against Syracuse. Mm. All of last week and going into the week, 
I was very much on a, oh, man, Notre Dame's totally going to lose to <laughs> Syracuse kind of kick. But then I actually dug into the matchup, and the deeper I looked, the more I realized, no, no Notre Dame's just better than Syracuse. And that's really what it comes down to for me. I mean, Syracuse has played four games outside the Carrier Dome this year. It's two and two in them. They've allowed nearly 35 points per game in those four games. And, you know, one of those was against Clemson, which is obviously the best defense Syracuse has faced all year. Well, Notre Dame's defense is the second best defense that Syracuse will have faced all year. And if we can recall, Syracuse struggled to move the ball against Clemson and it only scored 23 points. And I think that it's going to find itself struggling to move the ball against Notre Dame as well. And then when you look at Notre Dame, I guess you could say that Ian Book is Notre Dame's Trevor Lawrence and and Dexter Williams is their Travis Etienne. I don't think Notre Dame's going to have nearly as much trouble moving the ball against Syracuse as Clemson did that day because we have to remember Clemson was still in the Kelly Bryant era at that point and the offense hadn't quite reached its juggernaut status that we've seen in recent weeks. So I, I just look at this game and I think Notre Dame's going to win by two touchdowns. And if there's a classic Notre Dame let down lose spot, it's next week against USC. Barton? Are you going to make a pick on this game? I am not going to make a pick on this game. Uh, I I kind of like the over, mm. but I that that's I, but I'm scared of the line. I think Syracuse is probably pretty good, but I I'm interested that that Fornelli dug into the numbers and 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 like what he saw on Notre Dame's side. I think I've got Notre Dame on the on the CBS experts pick. Um, I'm going to read you a quote. I think at some positions we're able to rotate guys. I think at other positions we're one injury away from the floodgates. If something like that were to happen, it would not be good for us. We are at the very bare minimum at some of those positions, and at some of those positions, not even that. It's a typical November in some senses, and we don't have the depth that they have. They have more good players, more players that are more flexible, and I'm sure they're more healthy than we are. That is... Our uh, our great leader Dino Babers giving me no confidence in a Syracuse cover. Yikes! Yeah, so, and, and Dino was uh, Dino was very emotional after their last win. Do you, and you know makes makes me think he kind of has in his head how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think that I I promised the idea that I would be riding Syracuse here, but I've been. I've been in Syracuse in the middle of Syracuse football all uh, all week long, and I'm just I've come out of it not ready to lock it up. Yeah, I, I was wondering if we had a lock fight there. Okay, Tom, have you ever heard the Dino drop? No. Okay. <laughs> Close your eyes, woman. Visualize this: you're in the Carrier Dome. The house is filled. The feeling is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special teams that has been well coached. You have an offense that will not huddle. And you have a game that's faster than you've ever seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's going to be a reality. That's going to be Syracuse football. 
I kept waiting for him to say, the air conditioner doesn't work. <laughs> so whenever that plays, I am literally like standing up dancing. <laughs> like I, 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 I want to play that like before every important event in my life. Like that is boss. I love it. That's uh yeah. I have, it's, it's one of my favorite, uh, like if the, the post game speeches get a lot of run, on sports center and stuff but that's i think that's still the goat dino moment because at the beginning of it tom he waits until everyone closes their eyes in the room and this is his introductory press conference and he goes trust your ipad will work close your eyes front row your eyes are open i'm waiting on you (laughs) i mean incredible commitment to the exercise uh, all right. Uh, let's see. This this uh, is a scary spot where I'm going to trust my gut. It is one of the biggest games for the college football playoff picture, and the line is so small. I'm riding West Virginia at four and a half. I can't. I can't make heads or tails of Oklahoma State. I don't know if the Cowboys had have already kind of had their their best games and their best moments and their best efforts but it's a look ahead spot for West Virginia as you've got the the Oklahoma game coming up on the following Monday but I just I really feel like the Mountaineers are a better team and I suspect that the Mountaineers are a better defense than Oklahoma and so I just I I don't I don't know I don't have any reason to believe the Cowboys are going to have a lot of defensive resistance and I just I think that West Virginia if they're if they're taking another loss this year, I I don't think that this is it right now. I'm going Mountaineers minus four and a half. Uh, I'm, I mean, I feel like there's a very good chance that after coming so close to beating Oklahoma last week, we could see an Oklahoma State letdown pretty easily. But they're just they're better at home than they are on the road, and I just I don't I. I don't know if Oklahoma State's going to win this game, but I'm more inclined to be with them covering. I think it's going to be somewhat of a shootouty type of performance for both squads. Well, so that's I, not I'm, much of a stretch. Yeah, but I'm I I feel like taking the points. Yeah. Where are you at, Barton? Uh, I I have no interest in trying to predict this one, other than I do agree that it, there will be a lot of points and. Uh, look, whenever Mike Gundy goes starts saying sort of crazy, ridiculous stuff, um, I feel like Oklahoma State, you know, usually plays pretty well off of his, off of him spouting nonsense. And this week he was spouting nonsense about the the soft Generation Z transfers. And uh, you know, every time you want to just be like, God, Mike, just shut up. Then he goes and reminds you he's a really good coach. So I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm I, I'm I'm scared of the game. West Virginia is a better football team. If they lose here, like straight up lose, I believe it's an immense disappointment. They're a much better team, and I just uh, I I got to ride with that confidence here. This, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Oklahoma State's overvalued. West Virginia is a touchdown better. If this is seven and a half. I'm all over the Cowboys, 
But like, is do you think that that's the difference between West Virginia and Oklahoma right now? That Oklahoma would be a twenty and a half point favorite, and West Virginia would be a four and a half point favorite? No, but Oklahoma State lost by one to Oklahoma. Right. So, okay. Overvalue. Uh, Rivalry. I mean, they lost by one to Oklahoma in Norman. Now they're coming back home to Stillwater against West Virginia. And I, I mean, again, I, West Virginia could blow them out. I'm not, I, I don't know for sure. I'm just more inclined to take Oklahoma State than I'm inclined to take West Virginia. Mm, already uneasy. Okay. Uh, let's go back to you, Tom. Okay. So for my next one, we're going to go with another big game of the week. I am taking UCF minus seven against Cincinnati. I am on the record both in my writing now here and in our uh, group of five selection committee earlier this week and saying that I'm not sure UCF is the best group of five team. I don't know that it would beat Utah State and I don't know that it would beat Fresno State. But I am pretty convinced that UCF is the best team in the American. I think that if you look, my, my qualms essentially would have boils down to this or my concerns with UCF Cincinnati's got all the same, you know, situation. Cincinnati has one loss, but Cincinnati, like UCF, has played a very weak schedule this year. You know, using S&P pluses, I think it was ranked 118th or 119th. I'm not sure, and it's not loading for me, so I can't check as I speak. But it's just that their, their schedule is just as weak as UCF's has been. And I look at this, and I just think that in fact, they've been weaker than they've been weaker than UCF's. I just think that UCF's the better team. It's not really anything crazy here. Or there's not any like data or analysis. It's just this is a game that I think the Knights are going to win and they're going to win comfortably because in the long run, while I think Cincinnati's defense is good enough to at least slow UCF down, it's not going to stop it completely for 60 minutes. And I just don't have the trust in Cincinnati's offense to be able to keep up with UCF for a full 60 minutes. So if this thing's at a touchdown, I'm on the Knights. Now, if it starts creeping closer to 8 or 9, things start getting a little iffy. But while it's at 7 or below, I feel very comfortable with UCF. I stared at at Cincinnati, but that log is going to stay on the fire because I have not watched I have not watched enough of the Bearcats to put my locks pride on the line in this crucial moment in the competition but i thought about because i've even seen it at seven and a half and i i thought about this being a seven point game but i'm not going to lock it up Uh, i i would be i'm a little scared of this i just i just don't know that is ucf really going to go undefeated again i don't know just not convinced on that necessarily this is the loss Right, like, and I and I thought Cincinnati, though they lost to Temple, I thought they looked like the better team. Um, Temple got that to overtime and 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 won it, but I, I just felt like they looked like the better team. And and this is as you know, this is as good a shot as any for UCF to probably the best shot for UCF to lose. And I just still have a hard time seeing not probably, I mean definitely the best shot UCF to lose. Um, and I'm not, I'm not fully convinced, but not, not convicted enough to, to jump into the water there. All right, Barton. So where's your conviction? Take us somewhere. All right, my conviction is 
where do I want to go next? Let's go to Lincoln, um, Nebraska hosting Michigan State. Michigan State uh, screwed me last week, and so now it's back to get to my, my safe place here and ride Nebraska against the Spartans. And uh, they're getting two points, I think, Nebraska plus two. The, the way I see this one is they're, they're at home. They are they have now established that they're a pretty good team. Pretty good. Or at least, a, yeah, pretty good. Uh, they can score. They can move the ball. Uh, it's, it's just, I mean, it's a classic, like, Nebraska's got a great offense, bad defense. Michigan State's got a great defense, bad offense. But ultimately what this, what this boils down to for me is a program in Nebraska that is, is on the uptick, that is playing better, is finding belief. They have a home game now where this is sort of uh, – and, and even before the season, I, without knowing what Nebraska – they're going to be either Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State, or Penn State, or – no, not Penn State. One of those three. Um, or Wisconsin, I think, was my other one. And and I think I still believe that this is now a team that's proven that – like we saw what they did against Ohio State. They were competitive there. Um, I, I just think that this team will be motivated to – to sort of get their signature win of the season. I think Michigan State is a little bit lost right now, especially on offense. And I, I think I, I trust Nebraska here to get the win against a Michigan State team that, like you guys said, I'll use your words, I mean, they were hopeless last week. So um, give, me the, give me the Huskers uh, catching two. I like it. I like it. I'm not going to lock it up, but I like it. I think I took it in the uh, expert picks as well. But uh, nah, not going not gonna to lock that one up. For, for the listeners, not, I don't think it really affects your pick. But there are about 18 to 20 mile an hour crosswinds forecast for this game. Now, my, my qualm with it is I don't know how much either of these offenses are really affected by that because Nebraska is perfectly fine just running the ball if it can. And Michigan State can't really do anything with or without wind. So. In some ways, I like that better for Nebraska because they have this sort of more multifaceted offensive attack, whereas Michigan State, they if they need to go to the air, it's just this sort of pro-style throw 15-yard comebacks stuff. And I, I'm, I'm not sure you know that, that I feel like is going to be more impacted by the wind than than anything Nebraska will do. So I, I can I can live with that with that forecast. Yeah, it is it is gonna be a cold, windy day in Lincoln. The forecast calls for those winds, but the high is gonna be twenty seven degrees during the game. So have fun at that one, kids. Yeah. Do you know what is smart? Bundling up if you're going to uh the football game at Nebraska. You know, it is smart always listening to uh, Tom Fernelli, Barton Simmons, and myself on these locks podcasts. Uh but do do you know what's not smart? It trying to make the lottery the centerpiece of your retirement plan, or maybe letting your friends, especially that one, the ones that you don't trust, letting them pick your karaoke song just because you're trying to seem cool at the karaoke party. Uh, but there's also some some job sites that send you the wrong resumes. That's that's not smart. There's also job sites that make you wait for the right candidate to apply to your job. That's not smart. But do you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7 sports to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. 
It finds them for you. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job. Then what does ZipRecruiter do? It goes and actively invites them to apply so that you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7-sports. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7-sports. ZipRecruiter.com slash 24-7-sports. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I saw something that made me throw my hands in the air this week, guys. And wave them like you just don't care? No, just in, in, in astonishment. Do you think there is any chance that Bud Foster's not going to be the Virginia Tech defensive coordinator next season. No. Because I saw a certain national writer who does not work for uh, CBS, but in their uh, hot seat kind of um, reset for the week, pointed to all the yards that have been totaled on Virginia Tech in the last couple weeks and suggested that maybe Bud Foster was in trouble. I happen to know from watching a lot of ACC Coastal that this Virginia Tech defense is a shell of itself. These are second and third stringers that are out there compared to what the depth chart looked like in June or July and that they're just not ready for this. And this is a bad season, a a decidedly bad season for the Virginia Tech defense. But why in the world would you think, even after seeing all these yards, that Miami and Virginia Tech would be able to have a total over 50? Guys, Miami Virginia Tech total needs to be at forty seven, maybe forty five. That that whatever your your favorite Big Ten noon slate uh, point total is going to be, that's what the over under should be set at. And I'm staring at it at fifty one and a half. So I, I this might be one of my most confident picks of the week. Miami Virginia Tech under fifty one and a half. If there's anything that Bud Foster and this Virginia Tech defense needs to be able to get its mojo back, it's going up against a lost Miami offense. And Virginia Tech, well, I, I don't know what, what they can be counted on to, to get done against this Miami defense. So I I really like this one to be decided. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if either team is going to have a chance to crack 24-28 in this game. Um, yeah, no, g- g- give me like 21-17 kind of result. Miami, Virginia Tech, under 51 and a half. Let's lock it up. Lock agreement. Woo-hoo-hoo! Like to hear that. First of all. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, first of all, if it's a national writer that doesn't work for CBS, then you know they're trash to begin with. Second of all, (laughs) I don't know who it is, but hopefully it's not one of my friends. Or actually, better yet, I hope it is one of my friends. Second. Yeah. Now there's, I mean, Miami, Virginia tech unders have been good all year. And so it's like, I've been, I've been doing well with them all season long. So when these two are playing each other, how, how can I pass it up? And also just the last, they, they share the ACC coastal and they've met, you know, in the last 15 years that they've met the under is 11 and four. Mm-hmm. So yeah, give, give me the under 51 and a half. And like two teams that aren't playing for the division either. 
motivation yeah. might be a little bit on the uh, light side here in mid-November. Yeah, I like it. I feel like of all the the plays this year, Miami underplays may may be the friendliest to the syndicate of any one <laughs> of any one play. I feel like we've I feel like there, there's been a lot of units cashed on a Miami under between the three of us. Miami is making our listeners rich. That's and that's all we're doing it for is you, the good listeners. Um, all right, let's go back to you, Barton. All right, let's go to. Um, I'll stay just as we're here. I'll stay in the ACC. And Chip, as our resident ACC expert, you tell me what I'm missing here. But Boston College only laying a point and a half against Florida State is stealing to me. I, maybe that's just too stinky of a line and I should be a little more wary of it. But why do we think Florida State is, is all of a sudden on par with Boston College? Uh, A.J. Dillon is, gonna be pl- is, is playing as far as I can tell. Um, I don't know. Is is maybe maybe we're concerned about the quarterback situation at Boston College? Yeah, uh, but but I, I still think that this team has a has more of an identity. Has a, the the defense has? I mean, they're they're not checked out. They're still playing for something. Um, I, Florida State to me. I mean, look, BC just gave Clemson their the the Trevor Lawrence Clemson their best test of the year. Um, they covered some some numbers if you get if you, you know if you bought the hook. I mean, this is I, I think BC is still a good football team, and I think Florida State is not. And I think Florida State has given up on this year. Uh, and I'm going to go with Boston College. I'm staring at it. I'm looking at it. Lock fight. Fight. it was on my side it was on my side pile uh yeah when when anthony brown left the game boston college was as one-dimensional as it gets like there was there was no uh like remember when uh the arizona cardinals made the playoffs in like 2015 with like drew stanton and like they were they were in the playoffs but it was only huh who could forget? But, you know, it was just like, yeah, they're there and it's cute. But, I mean, they're just no no one's scared of it. And the Boston College offense can still run with A.J. Dillon. But I, I think Florida State can uh, – I think Florida State facing Boston College's offense without Anthony Brown. Now, Anthony Brown officially is day-to-day. So, if you're taking this advice, obviously well, monitor, what, what monitor you, the what status. Are your, what are your uh, ACC, BC sources telling you? I mean, why, why – why, why should I rule him? He's not been ruled out. He may play, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but cautiously optimistic is the word that I've heard. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they've had this happen before. Anthony Brown's gotten banged up. And Steve Adazio is not going to... Steve Adazio likes Anthony Brown a lot, wants him to be a four-year starter. I don't... I would not be surprised if... This is a situation where he's not going to put him in in any any kind of harm's way, if uh, if that's the case. Man, Florida State's back is against the wall, and the line, is it? yeah, the line made me think that this that would like the line gave me even more of a reason to back Florida State here. 
thought Cam Akers they, looked a little bit better finally. Like there's there's still like this is a great test. This game and the Florida game, I mean this this is it. This is going to determine, you know, whether Florida State makes it to a bowl. And if they quit here, I think that Florida game is in Tallahassee too. Yeah, two straight games at home. Ah, uh, yeah. I, the The reason the line is there is a combination of Boston College quarterback and Florida State back against the wall. And um, yeah, I'll I will continue to lose picking the Knolls, believing that Willie Taggart is not just going to let this thing free fall to four and eight. I mean, that is a that is a hell of a hill to die on. Is this Florida State team? I mean, but I hate. You're the ACC guy, so I'm all of a sudden nervous. But uh, you know, let's uh, let's roll, let's 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 fight, brother. Yeah, let's do it. A bloody battle, man. It. I will say, it was on the side pile. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the side pile, and now it's in. I'm. Uh, yeah. They they gotta figure something out. They gotta. That team is too good. For this just to be a four and eight season where your only wins are Northern Illinois, Louisville, Samford, and Wake Forest. Gotta be. I, I just think, yes, I, but I just. You think they is, quit? Is, you know, I, no, I just think, and I also think PC PC's a better football team. Like that's, it's, it's more about that than anything else. I don't care if Anthony Brown's playing or not. I think PC's just a better football team. And Florida State, if they if they had a, uh, you know, a UNC logo on their helmet or a, uh, you know, I don't know a, a I don't know who. A, Did you almost power. say Pitt, but then you realized Pitt's first place in the <laughs> ACC Coastal? <laughs> I, I was trying to get out of the ACC because it's just a mess in there. But my point is, it's just that it's that uh, that spear that's the only reason people are still picking them, and I'm 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 tired of picking the spear. Mm. Give uh, me the eagle. I think it's all just going to come down to Anthony Brown. If he plays, I like BC. If he doesn't, I like Florida State. But even at the end of the day, I do feel, even if I do think that Boston College is the better team, there's still going to be a part of me that's kind of like, you know, eyebrow askew at the fact that Boston College is a favorite in Tallahassee. Dude, Boston College plays them close even when they're even when they're bad. Oh, for Not sure. Like- it's just being favored at, you know, in Tallahassee is just kind of like, hey. Yeah. We're going to fight it. All right. Uh, Let's go to Tom. Uh, This is the game of the week right here, kids. Okay. I am taking FIU minus five and a half at Charlotte. Um, I, I don't look at FIU as like a great team compared to other teams, but I think it's compared to bad teams. It's been very good at doing its job of beating up on bad teams so far. If you look at who the Panthers have played this year, they have played three teams currently ranked in the top 100 of the S and P rankings. They have lost all three of those games. Their other six games have come against teams ranked 100 or lower, or sometimes not ranked at all. If you can see, if you want to include Arkansas pine bluff, the Panthers have won all six of those games by an average of 29 points per game, and they've gone four and one against the spread in those games. Charlotte is ranked 113th in S&P Plus. This game isn't Charlotte, which is somewhat worrisome, but the Panthers are 4-0 against the spread on the road this season, 
And as five, they're five and a half point favorites in a game where I just feel like they should be favored by 10 at a minimum. So give me the Panthers. Lay the points. Uh, I'm, I'm always on board with Butch Davis play. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Barton to comment on his beloved FIU Panthers. They are my, they are my team. Uh, uh, thank you, Tom. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll enjoy, I'll enjoy watching you win that one. Um, all right, Barton, what you got? Uh, let's go to the SEC. Uh, I got a couple more SEC plays to go. I'm going to go Vanderbilt minus three against the Rebs. Um, growing up in Nashville, I've seen a lot of bad Vanderbilt teams compete with a lot of mediocre Ole Miss teams. This is this is always that sort of Ole Miss thinks they're uh, they're they're on the on the up and up, and, and Vanderbilt either beats them or almost beats them. And I think that what's our what is our principle on Ole Miss? Ride them early, fade them late. Yep. This is another fade them late opportunity here. Um, I, you know, Scotty Phillips, the running back, banged up a little bit, um, which I think impacts Ole Miss. Uh, Jordan Tamu, a little banged up as well. You know, DK Metcalf's been out for a while now. The 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 offense is starting to be a little bit a little bit less potent just based on injuries. Um, meanwhile, Vanderbilt, this is a team like so it's hard to you know, Bill Conley did one of these things where he, you know, did the S P with uh, with a player and without him, like Brock Purdy, Iowa State's a lot better and uh, some of these guys have got injured, you know, teams get a lot worse. You can't really do that exercise with Vanderbilt because Keyshawn Vaughn has been has played most of the season. I think he's only missed one game, but he's been really banged up through a lot of the season. A healthy Keyshawn Vaughn, though, totally alters this offense. And and last week, Missouri, the number eight S and P plus uh, defensive units against the run in the country. Gave up 182 yards rushing to Keyshawn Vaughn. He had 172 the week before against Arkansas. He's averaging seven and a half yards a carry. He really opens up this Vanderbilt offense, and I, I think that uh, a running back like that will be able to score a lot of points against this Ole Miss defense. Uh, I think that Vanderbilt's offense is good, and I think Ole Miss's offense is beat up enough to where I think Vanderbilt could get a, a, a stop or two on that side of the ball. So. Uh, give me the doors, um, and in this one, and also, you know what, Ole Miss got nothing to play for. They're not going to a bowl. Doesn't matter anymore. They got they got the Egg Bowl next week, so I, I'm just not sure how invested they'll be in a in a cold trip to to Nashville. That may be a little rainy too. In uh, if I don't, <clears throat> I don't know when this time is going to present itself, but uh, I'll throw out an an empty promise that I might fulfill. But oh, any of us could do this. I guess I want to see all of our trends. I want to see how many times we've picked Miami. I want to see how many times Barton's gone with Vanderbilt. How many times I want, I want to know what our tendencies are. Right. We'll, we'll come up with a trend report for uh, one of the bowl pickums maybe that we can have as a little bonus just so the, the listeners can start to figure out. I mean, I can, I can go ahead and tell you, you ain't, you ain't going to Tom is uh, not going to be one leaning heavily on overs or nope. 
<laughs> overs or double digit favorites. Um, hey, I'll, let me let me throw out a, a double digit favorite here. Tom, are you going to join me on Ohio State minus fourteen? Nope. Hey Chip, I just did a quick search of our spreadsheet. the The syndicate is currently three and or two and zero picking Vanderbilt to cover. Nice. So I'm I'm one and zero. You're one and zero. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go through at some point too, and I'm going to take out like lock fights from our overall record just to see how we do in games where we're not you know in direct conflict with one another. Are you are you worried that the are you worried that the conflict has is clouding our judgment? No, no. I just think that like we're 125 and 108 overall, right? Well, if we've had like 20 lock fights, that's 20 and 20. So we're are we really 105 and 88? Which would oh, better? and we've got a couple menage locks in there too. Yeah. So it's like in games, our our overall winning percentage is covering about 54 percent right now. It might be higher if we remove the lock fights. Mm. And yes, the lock fights do cloud my judgment 100%, as we just saw by Florida State, one and a half, getting yeah, pulled it, from the side onto the top. It, it, it leads to Chip taking the Knowles a week after the Knowles just kicked him in the face. Right. <laughs> yeah, just coming right back. But no, I'm I'm on Ohio State minus 14. Ohio State did not cover a spread from the... They covered against Tulane in week four late September, then had not covered another spread until Michigan State. If possible, Ohio State might be having a little bit of uh, a value opportunity. And then when it comes to motivation, Ohio State kind of needs to... I think Ohio State needs to run it up on Maryland. I think Ohio State can run it up on Maryland, and it's worth considering that Maryland's motivation as it sits in the midst of interim coach Matt Canada uncertainty with uh, the future of the head coach. If, if Ohio state is going to turn this thing around and I, I will credit slash blame Barton for this one. Cause you dropped that in my head on Tuesday night or on Tuesday with just like, just we need to start wrapping our heads around the idea that Ohio state makes a run at this beats Michigan and ends up in the college football playoff. And the first step of that, I think is not just the first step of that is not a gritty, hard fought 28 to 17 win against Maryland. Like the first step that is to win like 31 to nothing against Maryland. And I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll jump on board of that being a more likely scenario than uh, Ohio state having to, Get in, get into a rock fight with a pretty good Maryland team. Well, they're fine, but I, I don't think going on the road, and I don't think that playing in uh, College Park is any kind of big disadvantage for the Buckeyes. If they're going to warm this thing up, Barton, as you say, and get it shiny, I think fourteen is not the number that they need to win by. I think that this needs to be a twenty-point win, and I think that they can do it. So I'm gonna go Buckeyes minus fourteen. I agree with the pick. The only the the one concern, the only red flag I would have is there's there's some heavy reverse line movement here. Seventy six percent are on Ohio State. And the line's gone from seventeen to fourteen, so that's that's a little a little troubling. But other than that, I'm, I'm with you. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm on Ohio State here, too, like in, in our expert picks, and I had to write the game pick story. I'm just not locking it up. But I, I agree with the idea that if Ohio State does not blow Maryland out, then it's got no shot against Michigan. This That's is a the wrap. Way I feel about it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's now or never. You either blow this team out, or I'm done even taking you seriously. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, and I'm I'm somebody who I was I was over I, I was out, you know. But I'm I I got to be willing to treat everyone in college football fair, and I think that this is a spot where, oh, I think this line should be twenty and a half, and uh, and we'll see about this reverse line movement. But I, th- I think that Ohio State should be able to win this game uh, handily. So let's go to Tom. Okay. Hey, what, what number did you have that one at? Uh, oh, 14? 14. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we'll stick in the Big Ten for this one. I am taking Wisconsin plus four and a half at Purdue. Um. Purdue is a really hard team to re- get a read on this year. Yeah, which makes me like surprised you even want to dive into this pool. Well, I, yeah, because it's like one week they're beating Ohio State 49 to 20. Then they look incompetent on offense and lose to Michigan State. Then they get in a shootout win over Iowa. Then 41 to 10 against Minnesota happens. And for me, it's that lack of consistency is why I have trouble trusting them as a favorite against Wisconsin, especially in this game. Because, I mean, Last week, Minnesota rushed for 265 yards against this Purdue defense. So if Minnesota can rush for 265 yards, what the hell is Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor going to be able to do against the Purdue defense this week? So there is some question about whether it's Hornybrook at quarterback or if it's going to be the you know the freshman whose name just completely skipped my head right now. I think it's Cone. Cone, Jack Cone. And uh, I, I have... I'm not concerned because <laughs> I think that defensively Wisconsin's going to be able to match up reasonably well enough. And I think that offensively they're going to be able to do just about what they want to do to Purdue. I think that this is a defense that as the season is worn on has kind of worn down a little bit. They had their huge moment against Ohio state. And I feel like even though they're one and two since then, and I just feel like they kind of had a whole letdown ever since that game. And I just think that this is a game that Wisconsin's not just going to win. I think was or cover. I think Wisconsin's going to win. I think that Wisconsin's probably going to win that game too, but I'm not locking it up, but I think that I like that pick. I didn't I, have enough I, football reasons for it. I was like, I, I was more on the, when a coach's name comes up, fade yeah, the team. Yeah, that's playing a role too. Because okay. you, that's got to be a distraction. Got to be. Yeah, everybody. no no way. No way if you're in that Purdue locker room as a sophomore, you're think you're sitting there thinking to yourself, "Man, Jeff Brom's going to be the coach for the rest of my college for the rest of my Purdue career." I mean, and he had there's no other answer he could give unless he's staying at Purdue than what he gave when he was asked about it in the pre- like when he says that I'm just trying to you know oh like, he's I gone worry about that yeah. yeah it's like if he's staying at Purdue he says no I'm staying here I'm not worried but <laughs> but at the same time he can't say that either because you know hey there's still a raise at risk no matter what <laughs> whether he stays at Purdue or goes to Louisville he's getting a raise so he can't really just come out and answer it but I just have a hard time it's not often that you see the coach turn down the alma mater now do I think that he th- envisioned Louisville coming open and available to him this quick? No, 
but I don't think he's going to say, wow, I've still got work to do here. It's because you don't know if you say no to Louisville, you don't know when you're going to get another chance to take that job. I agree. Barton, you got takes? Not on this one. I, you guys, have, you can have that one. Purdue, I've, I've tried to figure out this Purdue team. I've doubted them, and then I've believed in them, and then I've doubted them again. You know, I'm done. I'm, I'm off the game now. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I agree with your, your, your reasoning. I'm just not going not well, to engage. I also, in our win totals, I had the Purdue under six on the season, so I need them to lose this game. <laughs> I can't believe that's still alive, man. That thing looked like it was long gone, and now yes. here we are. Just hanging on. You have your win totals have all been some some sweats. Oh, they're yeah. Like I mean, my, I, my my whole thing is basically done, and you've got like you've got like two you've got like two of your eight that are are still that are actually over at this point. Mm-hmm. So good work there. Are we gonna good get are, are we gonna get a rescheduled game for South Carolina, or am I am I gonna get a bust there because of that? No, we got one. Yeah, didn't they schedule somebody? Yeah, they schedule somebody like Akron or something. So I need a win this week and uh, the rescheduled game to push. Uh, right. We, yeah, we're we're betting. I'm with you there too. We're okay. we're hoping for a push for South Carolina at this yeah. point. Boy, I was way off on all my SEC East picks. All right, uh, Barton, go. All right, um, let's roll out to uh, Oregon. Eugene, uh, where they are catching three and a half against Arizona State. Another line that smells super funky, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give in. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick stick with the play here that makes sense to me, which is Oregon plus three and a half. Arizona State is five and one at home. They're one and three on the road. Oregon's five and one at home. They're one and three on the road. Oregon is at home. Oregon is 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 a, coming off a little bit of a sloppy showing, but they took care of business. Um, I, I think that I just think this Oregon team at home in this setting uh, is 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 better than Arizona State, um, and to be a favorite, uh, I, I just or to be an underdog rather, I, I just I don't really understand it, and. Um, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna get minds effed here. I'm just gonna go with my my gut here and go with Oregon. I feel like Arizona State is getting overvalued because it had that win against Utah in the game that Tyler Huntley got knocked out. Then Utah responded in an amazing way the following week, which to an uninformed advisor makes Arizona State's win look much better. When in reality, the flow of that game kind of made it so Utah was just lost when Huntley goes out. Arizona State was able to pull away late. I I like the pick because I agree with you. I think that uh, Arizona State should not be the favorite, especially by more than a field goal in the spot. Yeah, and, and Oregon's you know, last week, uh, that's just a tough place to play at Utah. Like, yeah, and, and, and Utah, they, they looked really sharp earlier in the game, but I, I felt like Oregon uh, – Sort of, they sort of found some things and, and started getting a roll in. And I just think when they get back to home, get settled in, get comfy again, uh, I, I think Arizona State's going to have a hard time pulling a win out here. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Oregon. All right, my last lock 
of the week. Thin card. Trying to trying trying to keep my keep my spot. Don't want to play myself out of uh, contention for the regular season title. Clemson Duke under fifty seven and a half. I don't know how many points we think Duke can score in this game. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. You said you have Oregon plus three and a half? Oh, is that not the right line? Yeah, no, it's minus three and a half. Maybe I just read that. Well, give it to me anyways. Yeah, minus three and a half. Sorry, I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah, okay. Sorry. I literally did think – that, that I wasn't misstating it, though. Like, I really did think I was getting a plus three and a half. So, so – so with the what is a seven point swing there? Uh, yeah. Let's let's still let's still roll with it though. But for the listeners, <laughs> just know that all of that analysis. <laughs> you may, you may not be able to <laughs> if you feel a touchdown better than Barton does about the Ducks, <laughs> then you're good. Uh, yeah, under fifty seven and a half, Clemson Duke. I don't know how many uh, points we think Duke is going to be able to score in this game. I put the cap around ten and. I, I've kind of got this score at 45 to 10 at its most lopsided 38 to three. Uh, you know, this, this, all this Clemson team wants to do is, is run the ball. And, and, you know, that, that point of, you know, what, what does this say about uh, Duke or what does this say about South Carolina? Like Clemson, Clemson just needs to run the ball play good defense and it's it's going to get into the college football playoff. I don't think that the Tigers are are really in the mindset right now of doing anything other than taking care of business. Like the Trevor Lawrence is the the future and the star and the conversation point and there's so many ridiculous skill position players. Travis Etienne's having a fantastic season. But I, I just think that right now at this point in the year and for the rest of this season and into the postseason, the heart and soul of this team is Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, and that defensive line. And I just think they lean on that group. And, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't foresee Clemson be playing the kind of games where they're going to put 50 points on the board. I don't think Duke scores much. I got the under with the Tigers last week, right? Or did I not? Yeah. 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 So uh so let's do it again. Fifty seven and a half. Same number, same kind of game. I'm for it. You know I love my ACC unders. Love ACC unders. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I'm and that's that's it. Five picks for me this week. That's uh that's very responsible of you. Yeah. The uh, fighting fight lock inflation one week at a time, <laughs> right? I just, yeah. All right. So what? What? Uh, what else do y'all have? Uh, Barton. I uh, still got some action out here. So let's go for me. Um, back to I got two more SEC plays. Let's go. Arkansas plus twenty one and a half. Uh, I got that number right, don't I? No, Arkansas is minus twenty one and a half. Look, I, I think if you look on paper, there you could probably find a way for Mississippi State on paper to be twenty one and a half points better than Arkansas. I, but I just think Arkansas's been I, I, like, where have they not been competitive? And 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 I know that sometimes the score's gotten away from a little bit, but on the field yardage and 
defensively and, and the way they've been able to, to, to just grind out some, some, some yards here and there. Like, I think they've been competitive pretty much every game. Mississippi State coming off of the, you know, they got the Alabama hangover. They're, they're, they're still a one-dimensional offense. Arkansas's defensive front has got some players on it. I think that they can they mount some resistance. I think they get enough points. And I just think 21 is entirely too big. Uh, and, and I think Arkansas is – and they're still a team that probably – has another upset in them somewhere along the way. And I'm not saying it's coming this week. I'm just saying this is not a horrible football team. 21.5 is too many, uh, particularly coming off of Bama, uh, a Bama battle. So give me, uh, give me the hogs. I, I don't disagree. My only concern is that Arkansas has played two true road games this season. They lost one to Colorado State, and then they lost the other to Auburn 34-3. to and then in their neutral site game, which was in Texas against Texas A&M, so not a true road game, but in the other team state, they lost 24-17. I think they're going to cover two. I think that spread's just too big. I don't trust Mississippi State's offense to be able to beat a team by that much. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I rock with it. I'm cool. Tom, what you got? Uh, going to go to the ACC unders again here, Chip. I am taking Virginia, Virginia Georgia, at Tech. Georgia Tech <laughs> under 54 and a half. Uh, I mean, do I really need to go that deep into explaining? <laughs> it's, Georgia Tech is an option offense who I always like taking unders with option offenses. Virginia is a team that does not run the option, but is more of a running team and is a team that it sometimes moves at a quicker pace, but a lot of the time it's just kind of, you know, moving at a regular pace. I just don't expect there to be a ton of possessions in this game. I don't expect there to be a ton of points in this game. So when that's the case, I'm going under. Here is... There. I I am a little bit burned by the way that Pittsburgh and Liberty have been able to move the ball on Virginia's defense. And I wonder if that group is just sliding a little bit near the end of the season. How dare you question a Bronco Mendenhall defense? I know your beloved who's I know, I know, but I, I jumped in on it because it was a log that's sitting on the side of the fire. I wish you the best of luck. Nothing makes me happier than ACC coastal unders. And so I wish you the best of luck in uh, hitting but, on that. What if I told you that using S and P plus the adjusted pace from Bill Connolly's, you know, stat profiles, which is, it's the difference between a team's tempo seconds per play and the tempo expected based on their run pass rate. What if I told you that in adjusted pace, Virginia ranks 126th in the country? They aren't in a hurry, and they're playing an option team. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of. Well, then I that's agree. what's going to get the log all back on the fire. Lock agreement. Virginia, Georgia Tech, go. under 53 and a half. Let's go. You bring Let's Bill go. Connolly into this, and now we're agreement. Yeah, it, it, ain't, it ain't about defenses being able to get – it's about the way these teams play in Virginia in particular. I, I agree. This is this this feels this feels low. <laughs> Three ACC unders. I love my card. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, what's, what's your other SEC play, Barton? Well, you know, Chip, it's funny you should mention uh, a team having a hard time stopping the Liberty Flames. Uh, you know, Buckshot Calvert – has a way of putting up some points and putting up some yardage. And old Buckshot is going to Auburn, Alabama with 
the Crimson Tide on the horizon as a 28-and-a-half-point underdog. Old Buckshot has got uh, a couple of uh, couple tricks up his sleeve. They will keep this thing close. And keep in mind now, Auburn, and I just looked back using, uh, using our boy Phil Steele. Uh, they were a – in the week before Alabama, they were a 37-point favorite over ULM, uh, one by – 28. Alabama A&M, 56-point favorite, won by 55. Idaho, 34-point favorite, won by 22. Samford, 38-point favorite, won by, 30, won by 24. 28.5-point favorite against a Liberty team that can throw the ball. Uh, uh, I'm not saying this is going to be an upset. I'm just saying 28.5 points is enough to, to, to get me in the game here. I considered playing the over because perhaps Auburn is just going to get loose in the run game. But I think I'm going to go ahead and just stick with the Liberty play uh, and uh, and ride on Buckshot. Shout out to you know, my, uh, my girlfriend. Go ahead. No, I was going to say my girlfriend recently bought me Red Dead Redemption 2 just because she thought I would like to play it. And keep hearing you say Buckshot Calvert's name makes me really want to open it up and start playing it. Wait, do you do you have to wait till Christmas? No, no, it's just I haven't had a chance to. You know, I don't I don't play video got, games nearly that often anymore. You got so Mac games to watch on Tuesday nights. Yeah, and, that's the thing. Know. There's games on every night, so it's like I'm working during the day and then I'm watching games at night. I don't really have a chance to you know rob trains and banks. Oh, you're playing Red Dead Redemption Two also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Uh, Tom. Uh, I've got two picks left, and we'll stick in the ACC, although it's not an under. I am taking Wake Forest plus seven against Pitt. Just, you know, going with Wake has worked really well for me all season. And I feel like fading Pitt, (laughs) wins Pitt has, you know, clinched the division. I just think that this spread is way too big, man. I mean, Pitt is on the road here at Wake Forest. I understand that it's won the Coastal. I understand that, you know, it's won three straight over Duke, Virginia, Virginia Tech. It beat Syracuse. I understand it's done all these things, but it's also still Pitt. So I cannot trust it as a touchdown favorite on the road against a Wake Forest team that is capable of putting up points in a hurry, especially against a pit defense that, while not awful, isn't exactly stalwart. So give me the Deeks and give me those points. Pitt's running the ball really, really well. I am curious to see how this one goes because Wake Forest needs either this game or the Duke game to be bowl eligible. And for this team, minus like nine starters and 15 contributors out for the season because of injury, including your starting quarterback. If this team makes a bowl season, it's one of the best coaching jobs in the ACC that we've seen by Dave Clawson. I am rooting for that. I, I'm rooting for the straight up win for wake. I'm not, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to lock it up though. That defense is thin, thin. If they get worn down and they still have that Duke game left. I don't know. We'll see. I like it though. Believe in the Deeks. I believe in the Deeks always. Um, and then is that it for you? I've got one more. One more. I am taking this. Is this is going to be a surprise? 
I'm taking San Diego State plus 13 at Fresno. I thought we were picking Fresno against everybody, Tom. We we have been, but you know, Tom says things and then he does research to make sure that he's correct. <laughs> Instead and, of the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just I look at this matchup, okay? San Diego State played its worst game of the season by far last week against UNLV and lost. And I have long been a fraudulent Aztecs person. I don't think San Diego State has been that good all season. I think it was propped up by a lot of people just used to San Diego State being good in recent years. And I don't think this has been the same team. That being said, I don't see that a Rocky Long team playing as horrible as it did last week, two weeks in a row going on the road against a good Fresno State team that I think they're going to be you know, ready for. And it's just stylistically, I think that this San Diego State team, kind of like the Boise State team that Fresno just lost to last week, is the kind of team that Fresno has trouble dealing with because they, Fresno is better than everybody and it's able to just kind of run by most of the teams it faces. But when it runs into a team that can kind of, you know, punch back, even if it's not an explosive team, it has struggled. We saw, like I said, we saw it last week with Boise. And this San Diego State team is one that could hit you in the mouth and, you know, play solid defense and slow your offense down. And I think that's essentially what's going to happen here. I think Fresno State's going to win. I have no concerns about them losing this game. But I think it's going to be a much slower or less effective Fresno State offense than we're used to seeing against Mountain West teams. I think Fresno probably wins this game like 24 to 14. So if I'm getting nearly two touchdowns with San Diego State, I'm, I'm going to take, I have to take them here. Lock it up. I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, all, all of my, all my childhood dreams have been shattered. I was, I was told that the dependability rankings the secret, the secret for Nelly dependability rankings had Fresno State based on margin of victory and against the spread record. It's one of the best teams in the country. Tom's going it, against it it. It, it. it has been, but again, the dependability rankings that I shared with you and Robbie earlier this week, they're not proven yet. They are something that I'm still working on. So this is, you know, some t- when it, when when the, when the scientist is in the lab, Chip, he has the theory, but then he has to run the experiments to see if the theory rings true and. You could consider this somewhat of a science experiment. This is going to be based on certain analysis versus other analysis. We're going to see who wins. Every 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 experiment needs a test. Well, you know, just like any responsible committee member, I took that uh, that new science and just let it right into the Group of Five selection committee decision making process. So, <laughs> well, hey, listen, what everything I've said about Fresno is true. It's not like I think that San Diego State's going to win this game. I just think that the spread is a little too big. Fair. Uh, Barton, what do you have left? Last play is the Baylor Bears minus two. Um, TCU has no reason to care about this game. All their goals have been shattered. Uh, when Barton Simmons of CBSSports.com <laughs> predicted that, <laughs> uh, you know, that they would that they, this was a team of rejects, and they fa- failed to they failed to prove me wrong, even though that wasn't what I said. Uh, I think that really broke this team. When Barton Simmons of CBSSports.com picked TCU over seven and a half beginning of the season, and that's that goal that they had to prove Barton Simmons right 
was was shattered a couple games ago. Uh, I just don't know what there is left. Kevontae Turpin's out. Sean Robbins is out. Their whole secondary is gone. They're uh, they're they are a team that is. I mean, they, they will look totally different than that team that we saw play Ohio State and felt like was so so talented and athletic. And now we got a Baylor team who is playing for the trajectory of the entire program. Uh, they are they're they're, they're sort of similar to like Tennessee and some of these other teams around the country. They're starting to find themselves a little bit right now, starting to find a little belief. Uh, I think they go into this one much more motivated, get the big win, and uh, this is sort of my week of like I got Nebraska, Oregon, Baylor, a bunch of teams preseason I had some belief in uh, that maybe have had varying levels of disappointing seasons. This is this is them still sort of giving one last fight. So uh, I'm going to go Baylor uh, to cover this one and win against TCU. All of your teams – Nebraska, yes. What a what a good time to buy back into all the teams that you were uh, you bought stock in early. Yeah, and and, T- and and ironically, I'm buying it back into one of them with a team that I had bought a lot of stock. TCU, they've they've let me down more than anybody probably, except for Washington, Washington State. Just I just want you to go like full radio host and only refer to them as the TCU rejects from now on. <laughs> I'm by the like TCU. hashtag it like constantly go in tweets after TCU be like I, mean, I see the rejects are at it again they kind of deserve it for being that mad at me giving writing a complimentary article but I'm not gonna be that petty Tom I'll leave that for you man I'm above that <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> do we need to do we need to get you some private security when you go to the uh, army bowl in that in the Dallas area? It's in San Antonio, so no. Oh, okay. No, I'm good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's review the cards. Tom, Notre Dame minus ten against Syracuse, UCF minus seven against Cincinnati, the under fifty one and a half in Miami, Virginia Tech, FIU minus five and a half, Wisconsin plus four and a half, the under fifty four in Georgia Tech, Virginia, Wake plus seven against Pitt. San Diego State plus 13, the fraudulent Aztecs against uh, Fresno State. Barton's card, UAB plus 17 against Texas A&M. Nebraska plus two against Michigan State. Uh, Boston College minus one and a half at Florida State. Vandy minus three against Ole Miss. Oregon minus three and a half. Arkansas plus 21 and a half. Liberty plus 28 and a half. Baylor minus two. Uh, Chip's card. West Virginia minus four and a half. The under 51 and a half with Miami Virginia Tech. That's a lock agreement. Uh, Florida State plus one and a half. That's a lock fight. Ohio State minus 14 at Maryland. The under 57 and a half in Clemson Duke. And the under 54 in Georgia Tech Virginia. So we've got lock agreements with Georgia Tech UVA under. The Miami Virginia Tech under. We've got lock fight for Florida State Boston College. Let's see. Any other lock fights? No, I think that's it. I think this is mostly a copacetic week here. A copa whaty? Copacetic week. Copacetic. Uh, I forgot to lay the throw out the the dentist lock of the week. Oh, well, oh yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> what the hell are we even doing here? We could have just read that and gone home. I know. I I am sorry. The uh, the dental 
Uh, lock of the week is over in Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. Uh, I'm not sure what that number is. Uh, let's see. It is 67. So over 67 in Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. 3-0-1 dental lock of the week. Um, and he is, I think, 8-0-1 or something like that. 8-1 on Ole Miss games. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what happens here. Make sure that you subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Thank you to ZipRecruiter, the sponsor of the episode. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.